and gentlemen, I cannot tell you one bottle of perfume when it's done, but the simple reason that this perfume isn't officially on the market, I won't be in the shops until something like the 14th of November, which is more than a month away. And when it comes to the market, those are the prices here you'll be paying. I want you to bear in mind you're not paying those prices today. The first perfume I have there is a lovely perfume. It's been advertised on television. It's called Musk by Bow. What's the cost of it there? Ladies and gentlemen, to buy by mail order from Family Perfumes Limited in London, they cost you four pounds. Well, I'm not going to charge you four pounds for it today. It's an advertising introductory offer promoted by the manufacturers of the perfume. Here's what I'm going to do. For 12 lucky people, I'm going to give you a bottle of musk free. And that's only number one. There's a French perfume there that's called Tissue Dior. That translated into the English language means for sure tonight. That's in the official magazine there for three pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, there's four pounds worth of musk, there's three pounds worth of Tissue Dior and seven. Oysters and salmon, there's lobsters and haddock, and crabfish so common. A pump of prime water to keep them all white. I'll have you believe they're as fresh as the night. There's cabbage and broccoli, potatoes and onions, and quacks with their ointments. Street trading, in one form or another, has been a feature of the commercial life of cities and towns in Ireland for generations. The market day has always been an important stimulus to trading in many towns, and the description, a good market town, still owes much to the influx of farmers and other customers from surrounding areas. There was little objection to this old form of trading, where the farmers traditionally came together to sell their livestock and farm produce, and purchased their household goods and farm requirements. And where well-known traders set up stalls and sold a variety of goods, including second-hand clothes, leather goods, and in many cases, items which weren't readily obtainable in the shops. Too dear. What's the best you'll do for it? What's the best? For what? What's the best for Dovercourt? Here, we'll make it four and a half. We will not make it four and a half. And what do you give right for it? I'll give 50 bob for it. Well, it's a start. No. And who's no, going to give me the rest? Well, the best man in the road. Well, here. Ever who he is. Hold oh, your no. hand. No, I didn't Hold make your it. hand now. I didn't oh. make it clear. No. I'm sorry, I'm not saying you no, did. No, I didn't make it clear. No, I'm not saying you did. No. There'll be one price. No. Here. Will you break the missus' word? I won't give it now. I no, now, as she said it, here. No, here. I won't do it. Well, no, listen. No, don't give it if you can. The price will be four quid. No. Well, what's the best? I'm giving you 50 bob. Ah, you're not sure. You only want the loan of it. The loan of it, you want. Well, listen, is three all you have? I won't give three for that. Thought I have a sister. Is three all you have? I'm giving you 50 bob. No. Well, if you say three, we'll divide I the power. No, no, thank I'm thankful to you now. Have you the more than three? No, no. I haven't. A, if I had out. Well, here, as Doyle said it, here, will you break this man's word here? Three pound. No, no, I'm Well, all right, good luck, sir. You'll be sorry when you're sober. I am. I'm not drunk yet, Oh, no, you're not far <laughs> off of it. 
Will I show you a cheaper one? I know. Come here for one moment. One moment. Here. Come here. Here, we lighten it with fur and all. Get off your coat a second. No, I won't take. No, I won't take it off no more. No. It's okay. It's no. done. I don't care. Get him to take off the coat. I won't. I won't now. John Tierney has spent a long time in the marketplace up and down the country, and he knows that whether you're selling mink coats or second-hand clothes, people everywhere are looking for value for money or a bargain. Like every day, you can learn more. Like you can go to different counties, they react different. Let's we'll say you can go to Kerry, Limerick, Galway, or we'll say even parts of Leinster that. Like the way I put it, we'll say people in general. That we'll say anyone, if they can get was we'll a ten pound for a fiver. Like they're going to take it. Like it doesn't matter we'll say that that'll be Kerry Cork or anywhere. They might get the Kerry we'll say they're a bit tougher. But at the back of it like they're generally we'll say yeah it's all the one wrong. The clothes dealer attracts different kinds of customers to his stand in the market and he also attracts the disapproving eye of the local shopkeeper. Uh, mostly farming people and uh, as of late townspeople and um, well, just ordinary general public more or less nowadays come. That's just about it. Now, why do they come to you in preference to going into the shops? Well, I reckon that they might be buying something a bit cheaper because I'd be buying that a little bit keener sometimes than the shops and selling a little bit keener. Well, do you reckon you give good value? Yes, I do, at times, of course. Do the shopkeepers in the town object to you in any way? Yes, indeed they do. They don't like it anyway, I've heard. But otherwise I don't know exactly whether they do or not. I have a shop in another town myself, and I wouldn't like to see somebody like me coming in. So therefore I reckon the shopkeepers in other towns that I go to wouldn't like me being there either. But there's nothing now they can do to stop you? I don't believe there is. I haven't a clue. I haven't an idea about that but I pay this license every year. So um, I don't know whether they have, they can. I suppose the town council could move on. Now, when you have paid a license, do you have to pay it for a particular town or can you go to? Uh, no, you don't. You pay tolls in most towns to the council and um, this other license is a hawker's license, which you pay to the um, customs and excise, 20 pounds per year. Just enables you to travel from place to place. Trading goes back at least 200 years on Dublin's Moore Street, at one time part of Henry Moore's estate. In 1760, there were complaints about a dung heap and a butcher's stole at the northern end. And we read that in 1770, the servants of the gentry came to indulge the light fantastic in a club there known as the Leg of Mutton. More recently, Moore Street has come in for the hammer in reports that often say conditions are unhygienic and unsuitable. The traders, however, have the cast-iron claim of tradition, and they don't believe licences will ever be revoked. Well, I'm selling here since I was 14, and I'm now 63, so that'll give you an idea of what it was. We did sell in Henry Street when we were kids. That was years ago. So when we would, Henry Street was demobbed, like the dealers was put off the street, we were pushing to Moore Street. So that's how long, like, between Henry Street and Moore Street, we sold outside of, there used to be a Harrison's gramophone place, it was at that time, in Henry Street. And Woolworths wasn't as big as what it was. There was Leon's, 
there was a fashion house there, you know, all along there. And we used to have the man that used to sell the Yolmuir's armlets. And we had the little man that used to sell the lavender. He used to sell three months a package of lavender, which is, I think there's a little music thing up in Grafton Street. I mean, you know, one of these, that good delf, what do you call it? No, I can't think of the name. It's just slipping now at the present, but you know what I mean. Everything he used to sell there at the time. So when we come in here, so we're in here ever since, Moor Street. There's ginger beer toffee and treacle tarts Laid out for young fellas to treat their sweethearts There's black pudding, sausages, cow eels and tripe These hawkers are beggars, your money to gripe There's besoms and there's... Brushes. Compared to, like, the shops, you know what I mean? I'm not running down the shops, I know they've... The shops, they've staff and all to pay But, like, compared to that... If you buy an apple here for threepence, if you give even fivepence, you're getting good value for fivepence. You know, if you go out and if you know it yourself, if you go into a shop for an apple, it's twelve pence and ten pence. So I think it's better. And if you can buy two pounds of carrots and two pounds of onions for twenty pence, it's fair enough, isn't it? It's right. I think it's, that's pre war times. <laughs> the old people years ago, it they were far. There was nothing like pick this and pick that and don't give me a black mark and all this business but what you have now you're up against I won't take them on if there's a mark on them and all this business long ago you bought them it just they were nice condition for eating they were ripe and that was that but now that they're so particular they'll never be like the old crowd of people buying now in that respect you know there's cockles and mussels, and oysters and salmon. There's lobsters and haddock, and crabfish so common. A pump of prime water to keep them all white. They'll have you believe they're as fresh as the night. There's cabbage and broccoli, potatoes and onions. And well, I go into the market. The market opens at eight. I go to the market at eight and leave at about half ten. Go in and have a cup of tea before we come up in the market. Get a cup of tea in the market. And we come up here and we're here till six o'clock. And we're out in every weather. And there's more times we buy stuff and more of loss than it is like gains. But you let the good day go with the bad one. You know what I mean? If you lose on one thing, you'll pull it up on something else. So that's the look of the game. You know... It is a fine, hardy life, fine, fresh life. You'd never like if you to give it up. You might as well lie down and die. It's like a person walking all their life, you know, and just being redundant. They can't take to it. It's just a thing that it's bred in you. I I remember selling at the Tivoli when I was a child. It's now the press office and the old Royal. And when I sold it then the Queens, when the Tivoli was demolished, I sold it the Queens. And I sold on the book bridge when it was an old book bridge after school. So that's going back something, isn't it? A recent report on roadside and street trading and sales from temporary retail outlets carried out on behalf of the Restrictive Practices Commission indicates that these traders are not generally taking unfair advantage of shopkeepers but add variety and character to a street or market area. 
However, local traders and their associations are now concerned that in the past five or six years, the number of street traders increased considerably and started to provide a very wide range of goods which were previously obtained only in shops. Oh, I can see I'm trading here for about nine years, you know. Now, during that time, was there any objection to your being there? No, never. So the only objections that came in would be about 12 months ago, when the members of the corporation decided, like, a man that didn't want traders here any longer, that they were going to move us down to the fair green. So as I said to you there a few minutes ago, I had them challenged on that, that under no extent, will we go to the fair green? This is an old chartered law. And as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't been passed or abolished. Now, no way can the corporation just pass a law without it being stamped by the Minister for Local Government to state that no trading can be allowed in your square. And until such time, we will challenge the corporation towards that. Now, who gave the permission for us? Or who gave the charter? Uh, he was a man called Lord Eyre. Now, going back, it's going back, I'd say, to the 18th centuries. Well, he granted this permission to the people of Galway to trade. Like, one time, northwest of Earth Square was known, if you look up at any old maps, you will see there that um, they'd done all the trading from down at the Ulster Bank, round about there, up as far as the Bank of Ireland. Go into the Bank of Ireland even there now, and you'll see the old fortress of any of these kinnies out, and they'll, they'll show you the fortress where it was stated. There was no thing as cars and anything allowed because there wasn't in it to be allowed. You see, people just came with their vegetables, their cattle and everything like that. Now, they did move the cattle all right from this area, I'd say about uh, ten years ago. And we have been trading here since. Well, why do you think the, <coughs> the corporation are objecting now? Well, I suppose, like everything else, you see, it's competition more than anything else, you see. The feel that the traders is probably doing damage to shopkeepers in town. Now, I personally own two shops here myself in town. I own one in Nine Shops Street Galway, it's called Bargain Stores. And I also own another shop up in a 43-year square. Not 43, but I don't know what the number is, there's some number there. I also own that. And I don't feel any discrimination against people trading. I can't see, it's not interfering with my shop. I don't have people coming into my shops saying that the street traders are doing damage or anything, you know? I'm quite satisfied, like, I mean, that... We're not doing any damage to shops, only we're bringing back people to the area of um, the square. Roadside trading is a more recent development, though it has some features in common with street trading. Both tend to concentrate on areas of heavy traffic. A number of factors have contributed to the expansion of both types of trading. The virtual disappearance of the traditional trades pursued by tenants has led them to get other means of livelihood. Some workers who were made redundant in recent years have started outdoor trading. And of course some shopkeepers also indulge in a bit of street trading, sometimes in a nearby town. Parik, how long are you street trading? Uh, two and a half years now in this country. I was street trading in Holland for a while, you know, in the flea market in Amsterdam, you know, the flea market in Paris. I returned home two and a half, three years ago, and I started here in Galway, you know. Well, is there much difference now between the flea market in Paris and Amsterdam and Air Square in Galway? Um, they have more to offer in the flea market in Amsterdam. There's a more variety of goods. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to spread out like they are there, you know what I mean? Because uh, the people keep on writing into the papers. They're making complaints. They're comparing uh, pieces of steel, which um, you've got on the square, on talking about cars with human beings, like, 
I think the car should be shifted down to the fair green, not us. Like, you know what I mean? This originally was uh, meant to be a, a market. It always has been a market in Air Square here since 1840. A law passed by uh, the Dindal in 1840. Like, you know, it always has been a, a market and it should be still remain a market. I think a, a market in every town is an attraction. We draw thousands of tourists here in the summertime, you know, along with the fact that the shopkeepers here in Air Square do a business out of us as well, like, you know. Well, what do you sell mostly for it? Uh, I'm in the uh, I'm in the watch business myself, like, and I'm a jeweler, probably the only open air open air jeweler in uh, in Ireland, you know. I repair watches. Um, I have a variety of different type of watches, you know. I've had, never had any complaints, you know. I am cheaper than the uh, I am cheaper than the leading jewelers in this uh, town. I give guarantees with my watches. <coughs> People might ask why do I sell them cheaper than the shop? Well, I have no overheads to pay. I do pay rates, you know. As simple as that, like, you know. Well, you sell only in Air Square in Galway. You don't go to other towns. Um, um, no, I only sell in Air Square in Galway. Like, you know, sometimes I go to the marts. If there's a big mart on, I'll go to a big mart. Like, you know, or if there's a horse fair on, like Clifton, I'll go to Clifton, or I go to the Banlaslaw Horse Fair. You know, when there's a big event on, I'll be there. You know, with my goods. You know. Well, do you think most of your customers are satisfied with? Well, uh, um, I'd be a liar in saying that uh, I've had the odd one come back, sure, you'll get that in uh, a first-class jewellers as well, but when a customer comes back to me, well, they have guarantees with the watches, I said, but when a customer comes back to me, I exchange the watch immediately for them, and I send it off to the manufacturers where I buy it, like, you know, uh, it's, um, it's a good policy, like, you know, <coughs> you'll always get the same man back again, or he'll recommend other customers to you, like, you know, I always change a watch. Sure, I'd be, like I said, I'd be telling a lie if... Um, I said that I don't get people back. I get the odd person back. I, I, I might get one person a month back, like, you know what I mean? But it's due to their own um, fault. Maybe they dropped the watch and they broke the glass. Uh, sometimes I have faulty, one or two faulty watches. That's, that's, that happens everywhere, like, you know. Well, I first started when I, in my travelling days. I first started in Amsterdam when I, I was um, doing artwork, you know, and I... Did a bit of painting, I used to sell them on the side of the street because you couldn't get a job, you know. Uh, that was before the common market. It was very difficult to get a work permit. Hence, you had to, um, you had to do something for a living, like, you know. So I used to make uh, leather bags, belts, etc., you know, handcrafts, and sell them on the side of the street. I sold them in Hamburg, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, you know, around the usual popular markets, like, you know. That's how I first started off, like, you know. The growth of inflation has increased the attractiveness of bargains or what seem like bargains. The recession here and in the United Kingdom and the troubles in Northern Ireland have resulted in distress sales or sales of surplus goods which have given enterprising traders a chance to purchase goods for resale at exceptionally keen prices. And the street trader hasn't got big overheads like the shopkeeper so that even if he gets his goods from the same wholesaler he can let them go at a smaller profit. Well, I deal, uh, well, I, you know, all kinds, new and secondhand, you know, anoraks, and uh, I used to sell a lot of stuff to the students, you know, all the young generation, you know, at the time they used to be buying their maxi coats and all that, you know, all kinds of gear like that. But uh, in that, uh, I was the only one that was doing that kind of gear, like, I mean, for uh, while the students was buying it, you know, all that kind of gear. And uh, done all right, was it, you know. That's what they come for, you know. But it mightn't be that much less than the shops. It might be some bit less, all right. But it's, well, a person today now, you get you get a poor woman with a big family. She's a, a small a small wage coming in. But she's going to shop around, as the fellow says. She's going to try every place to see if she can buy that that article a bit cheaper. 
And if you're going to help her, you'll try and do your best for her. You won't, you'll give it to her probably a little less than you give it to someone else, maybe, you know. Well, I sell them at a very, very small profit. I don't buy them cheaper than anyone else now. But my marginal profit is very, very low. You see, I work with the get out as quick as I can. But uh, you haven't got the this 25% or... The stuff you have, John, is it as good now as what you'll get in the shops in any town? Well, I'd say it is, every bit. There's only one thing, the difference is the price. The price is keener. I mightn't be carrying the same brands, like. The shops might be carrying very exclusive. Mine might be a bit cheaper, but it'll do the job the same. Well, I mostly sell hardware and saddlery goods. My main business is saddlery. Because now there's nobody here in Galway doing that thing. Like, um, not even a shop. And it's a, it's a thing that's needed badly for Galway area. Because the nearest place you can go for saddlery stuff is uh, Mullingar, Limerick or Dublin. Now that isn't much good to the people of Galway. Who are, you know, very interested in pony tracking and all this. And they need bits and pieces for the horses and for the kids to uh, ride with. So I'm prepared to give them that facilities. In our job it's traditional. Uh, we'll say in dealing the always would say you have to put on a little bit to take it off whereas if I just quote a price the selling price I can't sell whereas just we'll say for streets we'll say trade it's the very same as if you're buying a calf you're buying uh, no matter what it is vegetables or anything but the customer likes that little bit off whereas he might say in a shop that he'd look for discount Okay, well, they, when I say a price, they just offer a price. So we jump in the middle and divide it up. You got me? Local trading bodies are concerned about street traders for different reasons. They claim that they provide no after-sale service for goods such as radios, tape recorders, watches, nor redress if a product proves defective, that they don't observe normal shop-working hours, that they cause traffic congestion and that the local shopkeepers are paying through the rates to clear up the litter left by street traders. The street traders, in turn, claim that they provide a service, pay a licence, stall fees, rates on their residences, that they provide a tourist attraction and that the general public never object to their presence and that they have overheads which involve travel and the upkeep of a van or truck, not to mention the loss of sales on a wet or windy day. Weather is the biggest hazard. Some days now, if you come, you say, now, like, like today, it's pretty stormy and wild. And if you get a real wet day, well, you just can't open. You've got to drive home. And secondly, you would say customers, or if you have a few customers, well, the wet day doesn't suit them, as you see yourself. You say, from open air trading, the weather is very essential. Oh, to get a stand is the, usually the biggest problem. Sometimes you can be lucky, more times you can be unlucky, you wouldn't get into a position you'd like and that sort of thing. Other than that, there's really no problems. You know? But when you come here to Bandislow, do you usually go to the same place, the same spot? Yes, usually. But unfortunately, today we weren't able to get into the same spot. But uh, that's the look of the game. Someone else bet us the early bird for the early worm, you know. It doesn't cost you any money? Oh, yes, you have to pay, you have to pay the uh, tolls of the town here, the market tolls here every Saturday. And then, of course, you have to get a government licence every year. A hawker's licence, you have to get that every year, you see. You take a chance, you build up your stuff, 
I drove 40 miles one day to one mart and I got a pound for me day. One pound I got. And I didn't get it from anyone. I got it from a dealer that bought something off me. So that was my day, a pound for my day. So that's that's the way that you, you take a chance, you see. Down our street, you're bound to meet Kindly people and they really are a treat And they will help you out without a doubt Everybody's welcome when they're down our street Silver coal, a real nice soul Brings his bags and then he shoves them down the hole He likes ten shower, no one goes without Keeps the ladies happy when their husbands aren't about down our street, a funny set of folk Very friendly people and they all enjoy a joke They'll help you out, but just watch out They do declare, the old lad up there Helps him, who helps himself Down our street, you're bound to meet Kindly people and they really are a treat They will help you out, without a doubt Everybody's welcome when they're down our street Everybody's welcome when they're down our street. Under the Peddlers Act of 1871, as amended by the Peddlers Act of 1888, a peddler is described as one who travels and trades on foot, and no one may trade as such without a certificate which is granted annually at a cost of 25 pence. There are only about 50 or 60 certificated peddlers, who are mostly itinerants dealing in small items such as pious objects, cheap jewellery and various household goods. The present definition of a hawker or street trader is the one contained in the Hawkers Act of 1888 and amended by the Finance Acts of 1930 and 1938. It describes him as any person who travels with a horse or other beast bearing or drawing burden or with a mechanically propelled vehicle and goes from place to place or to other men's houses carrying to sell or barter or exposing for sale or barter any goods, wares or merchandise. Hawker's licences are issued by the Collector of Customs and Excise in Dublin, Cork, Waterford, Limerick and Galway. About 800 licences were issued last year at £20 each. 25 pence is paid to the Garda for a certificate of suitability and a further 25 pence goes to the local authority for a street trader's stall licence. And of course the big increase in the number of people acquiring these licences doesn't apply to rural Ireland only. Dublin, too, has made an enormous increase in street traders, with the addition of new markers like Gaiety Green, etc. I have um, a certificate, actually, to sell, but um, I think there'll be too much hassling by the, uh, by the Gardaí. I don't think they particularly like the idea of it. It's an actual fact. Uh, being a dentic business, I think that it should be allowed a little bit more to sell where at least the people will gather, like, you know, where the main shopping areas are, like, like you have in Grafton Street. Now, off Grafton Street would be an ideal place. You know, if you had um, a bit of a stall there, but uh, between the council and everything else, I think things have become so snobbish that people, they look on people that are, you know, stall trading if, uh, as um, a sort of um, gypsies or something like that, you know. Uh, and of course, the shopkeepers don't like it because, I mean, you, you could pick up a rare piece and sell it at a good price, especially paintings, because I specialise in paintings and ceramics. But uh, if you get a rare painting, the profit on them can be very, very high. And of course, if the, the shopkeepers see this, they think that you're taking all the trade, all the, all the money away from the people. Uh, before they sort of get into the shops, you see. I wanted some kind of paintings that were quite old, that would sort of be in character with the house. Um, and I've been looking around, you know, just the various sort of antique shops to see if I can pick up something. But I'm afraid anything I've seen is just so expensive, it's just out of my range at the moment. Um, 
But this is really, I suppose, why I've been looking around the market and just to see if there's anything that would be a bit more reasonable if I could pick up a bargain. <laughs> but um, actually, they are, they're, they're in very good condition. Um, you know, ebony is something I don't know a lot about, so I suppose it's difficult for me to, to judge it because it's mostly the gilt that I've been looking for, the gilted frame. But they are, they're very attractive. I want them for white walls because the walls are going to be done in a type of plaster with a rough cast effect and, and I think the black would probably suit it quite well because I've got beams as well so it's really just all in keeping I think but that's what I'm trying to decide um, and I've got my friends here hoping that they'll help me as well Nice plaque yes well I'm not in the totality on those things but um, I, um, I have a taste for them and I like anything old fashioned particularly old fashioned wear and old fashioned kitchen furniture and things like that and Though I live in a bed sitter, I'm going to hang this on the wall and I have a collection of those and they look quite well. And well, I don't think they should find me very interesting to say any more anyway. Now I think I made quite a speech. Is that good enough? Most submissions about street traders is that they cause traffic congestion on busy streets and take up spaces allocated for car parking. But many ancient charters exist under which markets are conducted. Thurles Urban District Council has been considering the location of street traders since 1949. A charter of 1626 granted the public free market rights on fixed market days, and no action could therefore be taken against street traders who thronged the main thoroughfare on these days. Ennis Urban District Council stated that court proceedings taken in October 1974 by the Gorda in respect of alleged parking offences at Ennis Market failed because the stoleholders' rights were upheld. These rights originated in 1610. But while the arguments about their location continue, and while various legalities are being sorted out, the wise street trader carries on in the meantime selling his wares. In many ways, the street trader is a performer. He must attract passing trade, and usually the fellow with a good flow of talk, a sense of humour, plus a sprinkling of psychology, will have quite a crowd around his store. Scandal! Scandal, by the way, ladies, is a spray. And if you haven't seen it before, this is your time. And now is your chance to get a test of it. Put out your hand and get a test of it. You don't mind if I hold your hand, do you? It's a weakness of mine. On yourself there. Put out your hand and get a test of it. Now, girls, you want to be careful with this. Yesterday in Galway, a lady got a test of this here. She's going down the road and she got attacked three times. She came back looking for four bottles of it in the evening. Yes, put out your hand and get a test of it there. Don't be shy and It's guaranteed to drop a man 25 yards away. It's guaranteed to put your granny on the pill. Put out your hand. <laughs> Look, ladies, I'm, I'm sorry I can't go around on you all. Here's what I'll do. This time I'll go around and I'll make sure I miss nobody. Yes? Have you all got it? All got it? You have. And there's a beautiful spray there. And I'm going to ask this gentleman again. Now, the people might think that you're working for me if I ask you. So I'll ask this good-looking girl over here. Will you tell the people back at the back, the people that cannot see it in the magazine, how much your scandal spray? No, you're like myself. You must, you must have gone to night school. You must have been reading in the dark. It's not five pounds. I'll ask this lady beside you. There's your scandal spray there. How much is that? Three pounds is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, if I charge you three pounds for this spray here, I'll be taking money off you under false pretense. Because as the lady says earlier on, she this half had gone. Well, when she was gone, we says, there goes Mrs. Dingy. There isn't half had gone. For the first 12 people in my audience to raise your hand, to nod your head or wink your eye and say, yes, I'll take the offer, I won't charge you 19 pounds. Or I won't charge you nine. Or I won't charge you five. Or I won't charge you four. But here's the offer coming up. Two pounds for the lot. There again. People come along <coughs> and they don't know what they want. 
some people are very reluctant to buy on the side of the street because uh, they think because uh, the stuff is sold on the side of the street that there's something wrong with it. But I think most people buy it because they think the stuff is stolen. Like you know what I mean? Like you know. And uh, <coughs> we more or less, um, we're not. <laughs> how would you say it at all? We're not exactly. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, you, you get you get people there, and um, they um, they're very reluctant, as I said, to buy. You know, because they don't know where the stuff came from. They don't know if it's any good, and like we don't exactly look that respectable. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, as uh, some papers referred to us at one time that we were shower knackers, and we weren't quite sure the particular gentleman that wrote that article in the paper that we're not, you know what I mean, like, you know, simple as that, like, you know. They, they won't shift us off the air square. Um, we are thinking here among ourselves, the local fellas, if, um, asking some of the outside street traders to leave, you know, because uh, I must admit, uh, it gets a little bit more like Baghdad, you know what I mean, like, you know, here in the summertime, like, you know what I mean, and I think us local ratepayers are entitled to operate in the square, like, you know, because we are ratepayers, like, there's ginger beer toffee and treacle tarts Laid out for young fellas to treat their sweethearts There's black pudding, sausages, cow eels and tripe These hawkers are beggars, your money to grind There's besoms and there's brushes to fill kitchen sink And all kinds of small things the kids try to pinch Cause money is scarce, it's taken its flight the traders can be found in all parts of the country, and while they usually operate near the home base, some travel long distances. And it's not unusual either to find traders from foreign shores operating happily and peacefully beside the native sons. I come from Drogheda, sir. I live in Drogheda, and my nationality is Indian, you know. My brother is here from a long time, you know, and he called me over here. You can make the living all right, you know, no trouble, but it's too hard, very hard business, you know. It's, it's, you can see that it looks very easy for, you know, that we are making plenty of money, this and that, but it's very hard work, very, very hard work. My deal in the vegetables, and I had a customer the other day buying a cauliflower, but she said my cauliflower was very, very reasonable for 15p. Where she lived, she said it was 27p. And she was quite pleased and very satisfied with the price. We buy a normal amount of stuff, and we get it at a reasonable price, and we can afford then... We look for small profits, and we can afford then to deal cheaper to the public. We buy to suit the public, in other words. Firstly, it means a terrible lot to me, because I'm all my life here, for the past 40-odd years. And I mean, it's very hard to shake me out of it now. It'd be a bit awkward. I think if we were to stay at home now, we'd kyle up and die. We're used to the weather so much, sunshine we enjoy. Rain, we have to accept, and snow along with it. So, what can you do about that? I'm sure it's a great old time. You get up a good bit of a laugh. Well, I live out in Kilbarrick, and I come into Moore Street every Thursday or Friday. I buy all my fruit, all my vegetables, all my meat. For the very simple reason, I get better quality, cheaper prices, friendly service, Ladies on the six stalls, once you get, no, they get to know you, they'll always throw in an extra view. They just don't weigh you down to your dead amount and treat you as a number. You're treated as an individual in the street. That's why I come into it. Today, for instance, I bought sprouts, carrots, onions, bananas, apples. Oh, this particular lady, she has no collies or cabbage today. And they're my vegetables. 
Now I can go into the butchers there and I can get five ham steaks for a pound. And where will you get that kind of value? Rashers the same, the sausages and shields, the eggs, anything you care to name. You'll get it cheaper here than you will anywhere else. Chops, your shoulder bacon, roast beef. I have some there as a good girl, thanks very much. That's about all I can say about Murray Street. I wouldn't go anywhere else. And I've been thir- I'm married 32 years. And I've had 10 children and they've all been reared on Murray Street food. Cockles and mussels, and oysters and salmon, there's lobsters and haddock, and crabfish so common, a pump of prime water to keep them all white. They'll have you believe they're as fresh as the night. There's cabbage and broccoli, potatoes and onions, and quacks with their ointments for warts, corns and bunions. Some years ago, when the old-style street fairs and markets started to die out, and be replaced by the modern streamlined marts, many people regretted their passing and looked back nostalgically at many moments of magic spent among the multicoloured stalls that were all part of that market scene. Yet years later, there is a great revival of that street trading business, so that nowadays their stalls are part of the scene, not just on market day, but on almost every day of the week. And in recalling the old-style fairs and markets and the stalls that went with them, you immediately think of the street singer. Unfortunately, the mechanised age was a bit too much for him because with the noise of the traffic, people couldn't hear him singing and then they gave him no money. Yet, like the street trader, he managed to make a comeback too. Not on the streets, but in the singing pubs. There's too much noise, like, on the streets. They see, and they can't hear you singing properly, like, you know. Too much noise, the traffic and everything like that, you know, big lorries and everything like that, and when you sing a song, maybe some tractor will come along, and it's there, and it's the night's over, but it's there for about five minutes, and half the song is gone, like, you know. That's why they don't, they don't listen to you anymore. They do say, John, come on into the barn, we'll sing in the barn. So they bring me into the barn, have the song in there, you know. And by all the porter, by all the porter, they want, they want. I was I often seen the deer now down the hill. I couldn't drink all the porter again. <laughs> I had to leave a couple of bottles over for the next day. Of course, it was very handy in the morning when you wake up out of the high chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> And let's load up button keep up from her way. Sure it took her to be just in nineteen years old. Or she took off her eyebrows so fair and so fine. She took out her pole teeth until up twenty-nine. She took off her pole twig and a ball head soon short. Or she looked more like ninety than nineteen years old. And she screwed up her left leg right down from the knee. She screwed up her fingers and left only three. She took out a glass eye and the casket did roll. And her holy sweet mortar, she was 90 years old. Now all ye young fellas, according you'll go. Examine the damsel from the head to the toe. Get married when young or you'll surely be sold. 
To a bloomin' old damsel of nineteen years old. To a bloomin' old damsel of nineteen years old. It's the song of a car. 